In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about our current Kickstarter game, Spectral, with a publisher diary. Specifically, the interesting story of how I ended up publishing something that I initially had zero interest in, a logic deduction game. Who doesn't love a good underdog story? My name is Nick Murray, and you are listening to the Bitewing Games Podcast. I can still recall my initial encounter with this particular Ryan Courtney design. My eyes glazed over as I heard the words deduction game in the very first sentence of his pre-recorded video pitch. From there, my mind immediately went to the common pitfalls of the logic deduction genre. One, meticulous homework-like note-taking and problem-solving. Two, a silent, studious table devoid of player interaction, drama, or emotion. Three, a breakable game where one player accidentally gives false information to the group, leading them away from the actual solution. Four, a paper-thin, evaporative theme, or no theme at all. And five, predictable competitive results, where the expert deducer always comes out on top. This projection of my past experiences was exactly the opposite of what I wanted in a publishing passion project. Don't get me wrong, I appreciate a good logic deduction game as much as the next hobbyist. I own and enjoy the titans of the genre, like Search for Planet X and Cryptid, but they admittedly aren't the most played games in my collection. As a result, I quickly dismissed Ryan's deduction prototype and focused my attention back on his more attractive offering, Trailblazers. Now fortunately, that wasn't the end for Young Spectral. As the months went by and our active Trailblazers project took shape, Ryan patiently dropped subtle reminders here and there about the other games up his sleeve. After enjoying everything I've played from him thus far, from Pipeline to Bear Raid, I was of course interested. But the opportunity didn't come until much later, when we were actually showing off our production prototypes of Trailblazers at Origins Game Fair 2022. One night, after a long day of demoing in the Exhibitor Hall, I met up with Ryan and he showed me several of his unpublished designs. This is where my dismissive attitude towards Spectral began to evaporate like the morning dew beneath the rising sun. We played a quick introductory round of this frankly bare-bones prototype, and like all Ryan Courtney designs, I discovered that there was plenty here for my brain to munch on. The only problem was that Ryan had not yet developed a player aid for the deduction aspect of the game. We did have scratch paper to record information, but where he had a practice system of taking notes on his side, I felt like a rudderless ship on mine. Yet even through the muddy waters of this bald prototype, I could see potential. Specifically, I was highly intrigued to discover that Spectral wasn't just a game of logic and deduction, even though Ryan simply called it Deduction Game at the time. Beyond that, it was a game of highly interactive, auction-like worker placement, claiming territory with a chosen bid only to be ousted by a higher bidder. It was a game of push your luck, spending valuable resources on an unknown location in hopes that it brought vast treasures and not dreaded curses. It was a game of subtle bluffing, 
flaunting a facade of knowledge in hopes of attracting greedy rivals to a deadly trap. It was a game of dramatic endings, where both experience can be rewarded and newcomers can get lucky. Of course, it's difficult to appreciate the juicy genius within Spectral without a smooth deduction experience. So, after Origins, I set out to craft a player aid that worked for me. I had to know if the game could easily be introduced to newcomers, or if the information tracking could fade into the background to allow the mechanisms to shine. After cooking up a player aid and putting it to the test, that's when Spectral went from an intriguing possibility to an irresistible necessity for my publisher instincts. The idea for the sheet is simple. Peek at a face-down card on the table, cross out that card from the top half of your player sheet, and fill it in at the matching location in the bottom half of your player sheet. One recent internet comment, in jest, even called this game a deduce and write. And admittedly, my experience playing Roll and Writes did actually inspire this helpful player sheet. But before we get too ahead of ourselves, let's get a better idea of how one plays Spectral. The premise is this, find the treasures, beware the specters. Each player controls a competing band of treasure hunters who enter the haunted mansion on the rare nights of a crimson moon. Legend tells of glowing glyphs which appear within the mansion on this night and point to both traps and treasures found in other rooms. At the stroke of midnight, both vast treasures and deadly traps appear within their promised rooms, and those greedy hunters who lie in wait do so at their own reward or peril. Players take turns making one simple decision. Either they stake out a hallway and inspect an adjacent room, or they pass. Staking out a hallway is done by placing one or more of your treasure hunters between two room cards and deciding which adjacent card to peek at. If a hallway is already occupied, then you can only bump these treasure hunters out by placing at least double of your own. After all, it's difficult to oust a greedy group who is already hunkered down and staking out the entrances to promising rooms. Looking at a card will give you a lot of useful information. Within this room, you'll find a glyph that points to another room and indicates whether the target hides a treasure or a specter. Things stay blessedly clean and straightforward here, as there are only four different types of glyphs in the game. Now, it helps if you imagine with me a 4x4 square grid of rooms or cards. One of the glyphs points at the only card in the house that is exactly two diagonal rooms away from it. Another glyph is referring to the room that is two clockwise from it within its circle. And in this grid, there is both an inner circle of four cards and an outer circle of 12. Another glyph is referring to the card that is diagonally adjacent to it within its own quadrant. And finally, one glyph is pointing to the card that is vertically mirrored to it, reflected across the horizontal axis. Now, each row of cards contains exactly one of each glyph type, the four that I just walked you through. Of course, the location of the glyphs within each row and the arrangement of the rows themselves are unknown until you start inspecting rooms. And boy, oh boy, it's super important to know which row is where, because each row also contains a specific specter glyph. These glyphs are the most helpful of all to discover or deduce, because you definitely want to steer clear of any cursed rooms. With their treasure hunters positioned between rooms, players are not only inspecting glyphs, but they are also staking out potential treasures. The game will end, usually in a rather quick 30 minutes, I might add, either when all players consecutively pass, or when one player runs out of treasure hunters to position. Then the clock strikes midnight, and the haunted manor springs to life. 
All cards are flipped face up, and the treasures and curses are dealt out according to where each glyph was pointing. Any treasure hunters that were positioned next to a room which was cursed by a specter immediately perish. Then, remaining hunters will lay claim to the treasures that appeared. If only one player staked out a room, they'll get all the room spoils to themselves. If multiple players surround a room, then the treasure will be evenly split based on how many entrances or hallways each player had staked out. So, if I surround a room on three sides and you surround it on one, I'll get three-fourths of the treasure within and you'll get the other fourth. The player whose treasure hunting band comes away with the most treasure wins the game. The more that I played Spectral, the more I realized that it suffers none of the common pitfalls of the logic deduction genre. Where many deduction games feel like meticulous spreadsheet homework, Spectral feels like a high-stakes treasure hunt where any room can contain vast wealth or deadly traps or both. Where many deduction games find themselves devoid of player interaction, drama, or emotion, Spectral is ripe with bidding and bluffing, which all culminates in a climactic endgame reveal. Where many deduction games see one player flubbing their lines by accidentally giving out false information, leading to an unsatisfactory ending, Spectral is unbreakable by letting the players discover the information from the reliable cards themselves. Where many deduction games see their theme instantly dissipate as the player sheets come out and the puzzle takes over, Spectral maintains its feeling of greedy exploration within a sinister abode. Where many deduction games simply emphasize that one person is smarter than everyone else at the table when they find the answer first, Spectral allows for sometimes lucky newcomers to stumble across lucrative rooms, while still rewarding veteran treasure hunters for their careful tactics. With this full realization, I found that my attitude towards Spectral had done a complete 180. Suddenly, this was a game that I needed to publish. So after signing the contract with Ryan, the next step was to bring it to life with the right theme and killer artwork. We wanted to give this design the most stunning presentation possible, so I couldn't help but come right back to artist Quanchai Moria and graphic designer Bridget and Delicato, the team who masterfully brought our own Zuvatas to life. After demoing the game for both Quanchai and Bridget, they went off to brainstorm and concoct possible presentations for the game. We had thrown around ideas like deep sea diving, archaeology, spelunking, and more. But one of Ryan's highest priorities was to settle on a theme that helped explain the mechanisms. Why do the symbols on one card point to another? And why are players positioning their pieces in between cards? Furthermore, Quanchai mentioned he was hungry to explore a gothic manor setting, which sounded rather interesting. And when a talented artist is hungry, it's wise to give them a feast. So, upon further reflection, we came to the conclusion that a haunted house treasure hunt was the perfect theme for this design. Treasure hunters could be rummaging through rooms, discovering and deciphering paranormal glyphs that act as a treasure map of sorts. And when these treasure hunters stumbled upon valuable information, they would stake out an entrance to a room to try and keep rival clans out when the treasure actually appeared at midnight. The push-your-luck nature of staking out hallways was likewise well-served by the possibility of cursed rooms. This spooky setting allowed Quanchai to bring the game to life with captivating black-and-white illustrations of rooms and architecture reminiscent of a Twilight Zone episode. The grayscale depictions paved the way for a striking contrast against the vivid, red, ghostly glyphs and treasures which pop off the table. 
It also granted us the rare opportunity to have our cake and eat it too, with gorgeous artwork surrounded by clear iconography. A rare combination for a game in this functionally fragile and visually sensitive genre. Between the striking table presence and the thrilling treasure hunt, I find myself eager to get this game played over and over again. From where I'm sitting, Spectral appears to be one of the absolute best in its genre, by busting through so many of the deduction genre's trappings, all within a thrilling 30-minute romp. No wonder Ryan called it his favorite design yet. And that's going to do it for this Spectral Publisher Diary. Spectral is from the team that brought you the critically acclaimed Trailblazers, and both games are currently on Kickstarter and ripe for the pledging. You can check out our Kickstarter campaign by following the link in the description of this podcast. Thank you so much for supporting Bytewing Games in our quest to create and share classy board games with the Bytes. My name is Nick Murray, and you've been listening to the Bytewing Games Podcast.